0: I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Paddock. And this is Best to the Nest, the podcast that is all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. Hi, Marjorie. How are you? I am really good, but I am
1: consumed with a great deal of guilt. Why? I know. I mean, consumed with guilt what and did a you little do? bit of shame. Are you going to uh-huh. end up on Dateline? What's going on here? I love the idea of that, actually. Uh, I recommended Justified. And I am now in season six because I do binge. And I've got four episodes left to go. And I just feel like I need to tell everybody, this is not for the faint of heart. Oh, This is very, it gets, every season gets progressively more violent. And I feel like I suggest it because I loved season one so much But, and now I'm in it because now I love the characters and it's, I still contend that it's a really good show, but I don't think this is the kind of thing that I would normally recommend. And now, and I would have given even bigger warnings last week in our watch, read, listen. Ian said, you know, you could play a bingo game for every episode and just have it be shots to the head, shots to the gut, shots, because it's like every episode, so many people die in Harlan. I mean, if this were the case, every major media news outlet would be planted in this town because so many people are dying every week. So
0: bad. So that's, that's, um, you know what? I do think though, you were clear that it was violent and I expressed that if it was like along the lines of Yellowstone, that I would struggle with it because Yellowstone is so violent. And you said, yeah, for sure. Um, but that's good to know as you go forward, that it's a little bit more
1: violent, even more. I would say much more than Yellowstone. Whoa. (laughs) Yes, Yeah. So I feel like I, I, yeah, we watched two episodes last night and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to tell everybody. I'm so sorry. I did not do my due diligence. I should have watched the whole series. If you don't mind that kind of stuff, it's as it goes, it's a great series in that way. But I just, I would hate for people to be sort of blindsided like I was, that you're in it and now you're in it. And you got to finish it. So that's my, that's my guilt and shame for this morning. Okay. That's fine. I think there's
0: you, I mean, there's definitely worse things that you could have done than that when it comes to like the state of the world. So that's not going to get me on
1: Dateline though, is it?
0: No, it's definitely not. She seemed like a normal (laughs) podcast host. Little did you know, she had a dark secret. (laughs) (laughs) Justified. Justified. That's it. Oh my gosh. Well, I love that we are this week talking about a little bit of reflection as I was as I was reading that little intro line that we wrote many years ago, Marjorie, that says the podcast that's all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. I've been reflecting a lot the last few days on our home and family and all of those things because Jay and I celebrated our 10 year wedding anniversary. Congratulations last week, September 21st is our wedding anniversary. And thank you, you know, 10 years. It's so interesting. Cause it just kind of like, I think the thing about these anniversaries is people sort of build it up as, are you doing a big trip? Do you have a big gift? Do you have right. all this stuff? And right. I really like to look at these anniversaries as an opportunity to sort of pause and look at where we've come from and where we're going. Right, and so that's what we really did, and so we started our anniversary weekend, Marjorie, and you'll remember our wedding because you were there, Abby, <laughs> and um, and we got married in Osceola, Wisconsin, and I've talked about this before, but if you're new to the podcast, I still can't believe where we got to get married. Like it, it was so I, beautiful. I was just there again on Friday, and I still can't believe that we got married there. So the, the property that we were married on was the home of Horst Ruckelbacher and Horst was the um, founder of a little company you might know called Aveda, you (laughs) know, kind of a big deal. And then also Intelligent Nutrients and how this sort of happened was I met Horst. I met Horst probably, I don't know, 15 years ago over that and I met him doing a story for Twin Cities Live. I did a series called Cool Homes, which is always, which all, you know, all this stuff kind of builds on each other. Like my idea for the series was, was I wanted to feature homes that really reflected their owners I that love were that very idea. clear expressions of who the people who lived in them Were. And so I had this idea for a series. I did a three part series. Two of the three people that I did the stories on ended up becoming very dear friends, which, when you think back, Marjorie, to like the building blocks of what we do now and what we talk about, isn't it fascinating? And many, including myself, would say divine how these little nuggets get planted throughout your life that you don't even see that are leading you to the next thing. Isn't this wild? It's wild and wonderful if you're paying attention. If you're paying attention. And even if you aren't paying attention in the moment, but if you take the opportunity to look back and sort of realize how the puzzle pieces fit together, it's so magnificent. That's what I mean, because I don't think any of us
1: necessarily see it in the moment. But that idea of reflecting back helps you to understand that everything isn't within your control in a
0: most beautiful way. It really is. And when you can sort of feel like your life is kind of mundane and you're like, in a hamster wheel, you know, which I'm right. always fighting against the hamster wheel. You know, know that. That's like, I got to get off the hamster wheel. Like, I don't <laughs> want to be on it. Yes, let so, me off.
1: Get, get me out me off. of here.
0: So I'm always like fighting against that. And so when you look back at your life and realize, you know, that the hamster wheel, that you're not on the wheel, that you're just going and zigzagging and some of the most beautiful gifts in your life. You have no idea when they're going to show up. You also have no idea when the rug's going to get pulled out from under you. But you know, nope. let's focus on the positive nope. part today. Not, today we're not going to deal with that. We're not going to deal with that. So when I did this story, one of the people that I wanted to feature was Horst Reckelbacher, and the reason was is because I'd worked at aveda. I'd worked at the aveda store, two of them, one in Madison and one in um, in Minnesota at Southdale um, uh, for a couple of years and it was like a part-time gig. And right. I, so I knew about Horst and I knew about his property and I knew that he like had all of these, just like these amazing things and, um, and that his home was really cool and he was growing all this stuff and he had all this acreage and all of this. So I get in touch with his people. I don't even remember how I did that, but I like got in touch with his people and I was like, Hey, I want to come and do this story. What do you think? And Horst said, yes. I mean, didn't even know me, and right. said, yes. So I it's went out idea. there. You ought to do it again. I know I should do it again. Yeah. And it was so much fun. And I met him and we just really bonded. I kind of say he sort of became like, like a surrogate, like uncle or grandfather to me. And mm. it just sort of magically happened. And so he was so generous and, um, and then invited me to meet his daughter, Nicole, who was heading up Intelligent Nutrients, his um, his second company, which is still around and doing great and all the things. We got to get Nicole on the podcast because she's so awesome. I would so love positive. that. She's amazing. So I, I did this, met Nicole. Nicole and I bonded. It just became like this really beautiful thing and this beautiful friendship. And I really credit Horst with when I did not even know him, when I worked at the Aveda store when I was 20, was when I started to have my eyes opened to... What we consume, what we put on our bodies, what we surround our bodies with really matters. You know, and this is now that was, that's over 20 years ago that I started to have these, that I learned this and then had this interest and all of that. So that's kind of like how all of this stuff built. So when we were getting married, I get engaged and, um, it was so exciting and we were so excited and we knew we wanted to get married on, by the way, one
1: of, one of the best engagements ever, but proceed. It was a good good.
0: engagement. It was good. We were all involved in it. It was fantastic. Jay planned a whole thing and I think my sisters planned most of it, but I think he really did have a lot to do with it. But I think the logistics were handled by him. It was, it was wonderful. Yes. Sorry, so we have you. the surprise engagement party. Wonderful. Get engaged. And then um, I just start, look, we're looking at venues and we got engaged in February and wanted to get married in September. I'm not really like a long engagement person. I was engaged right. prior. It never went anywhere. Yeah, I was like, let's get her done. Get her done. This <laughs> is kind of. I didn't want to be like the bride for so long. You know, I wanted to like, just like crack a lock. Like let's party. Let's get this done. Let's have some fun. It was going to be a great eight months. And it was, we had tons of parties and amazing celebrations. And so um, I sent emails out to people who I knew who had property. So I sent emails to um, like my mom's best friend has a really cool farm in land in Alexandria. I sent a note to her. I sent a note to Nicole, never thinking like, I I basically was just like, Hey, do you guys know of anybody? Is anybody under the radar that has like a barn that we could rent? Because this was when like outdoor barn weddings were very hot. I mean, now they're still really a big deal, but then there were just so few venues that were doing it. And so you had to like get on a list two years in advance in order to do this. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm I'm either going to have to wait for an engagement to break off so I can get their spot or I got to go my own route. So Nicole, Um, after like a few days, people were writing me back and they were like, yeah, we, you know, I know this, maybe we can meet whatever. And I'm like, okay, this is feeling really good, Jay. Like we're going to get a cool spot to be able to get married and have it be a little bit of a destination. I would love the idea of it being a couple hours away. And then Nicole Recklebacher, Nicole Thomas, she messaged, she called me and she was like, Hey, listen. Um, and I remember I was home by myself. Like Jay wasn't, Jay was at a dinner or something. I don't know. And he and she was like i just talked to my dad and he really really wants you to get married on his property and oh, i started see. like sobbing oh. i mean i was just like ball <laughs> it was like i can't even this is so amazing <laughs> and little did i know at that time that he was dying of pancreatic cancer oh. and so um and he loved a party and he loved people to to experience his property and so this was like the last big hurrah, um, that he was, that he had at his property was our, was our wedding. And, um, so it's just, there's so much magic that happens here, there, you know, and he has all of these, like uh, he's, who's such, um, an eclectic genius. I mean, there's nothing really else to say a hundred percent a visionary. And, but at the same time, so wanted people to just get back to basics, which is that the earth gives us everything that we need and that that lack of connection with the earth and what we have is killing us. And so his property, it's four miles of St. Croix River shoreline. And since his passing, he created the Horst Ruckelbacher Foundation. And he knew, I mean, he told me when I first met him, when I die, this land will be conserved. This land Mm -hmm. will be donated and conserved. I mean, he told me that like the first day I met him. And so on Friday, we were able, Jay and I were able to go back there. So Jay and I celebrated our anniversary on Thursday. And then on Friday, we packed up, headed across the border to do a weekend in Wisconsin. So on our way to Madison, which is where we stayed for a couple nights, we went to Osceola and got to meet um, Greg, who runs the foundation property and talk to him about what's going on and what they're doing there. And now it's called The Acreage. And it's this really amazing, beautiful setup where they use all of these buildings and the land to support the work of other nonprofits who are focused on c- conservation and, right. um, you know, agriculture and all these really beautiful things. And so it's kind of just becoming even more of this space that people can enjoy and that this space that people are doing so much good. And so Jay and I got to go and tour it and we stopped by and saw the alpacas that we took photos with on our wedding I remember, day. yeah. I mean, Esther, who photobombed our photos and it was so fun and she's still living and she was there. Oh, that's really special. And I got, you know, it's like do you ever go to places where you lived a long time ago or where you had something really significant? Like I definitely feel this way about Madison and it, and I was just in Madison. so the whole thing, I mean, it, this whole thing just happens where you have these like flashbacks that you don't even consciously remember. and then you have these flashbacks of like how you felt or what you saw right. during right. significant times.
1: It's so cool. well, I think what's amazing about or what's important about well, two things in that story that I think are Instructive. One is really cherishing where you get married. Yeah. And so I think in these days of Instagram, that we should all maybe resist trying to make the venue Instagrammable and make the venue meaningful. Yes. And I think you got both. You got something that was so, so beautiful, but it it was deeply resonant with you. And also I think what a beautiful way to start a marriage is through somebody else's generosity and kindness of spirit. Amazing. And so beautiful. And so I think that's I, I think about that often because I have sons that are of marrying age. <laughs> and um I think about my mom's wedding and my mom's reception was in my grandmother and grandfather's backyard. Yeah. And it was, you know, they lived in a modest but very elegant house because my grandmother was very elegant, not very wealthy, but everything was fine. And in the backyard, which was my grandfather liked roses. And so there were lots of roses and tables with white tablecloths, but it was her backyard. Yeah. And I think sometimes in this day, we forget that it it doesn't have to when you get married, it doesn't have to be about pretending that you live somewhere else or live a different life. It should be in line with the life that you live. Yes. And so I, I think that's the first thing. And then the second thing that I think is so important about what you did this weekend is they talk about successful marriages. Successful couples relive their origin story. It brings them joy to relive their origin story and that that's something that should be held precious and reviewed often. And so I think you did both those things. And I think that's a good sign, Elizabeth. You're going to make it to 20.
0: Oh my gosh. We'll <laughs> see. Cause you know, it's hard. I mean, it's oh. hard and we talk about it. I mean, <laughs>
1: 39 in baby.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, and my, my close friends, if they're listening, they know too. It's like, I mean, it, it's, it's difficult. And but kids complicate totally... it. Kids complicate when, it. Absolutely. Yeah, let's totally just be honest do. about that. They do not make a yeah. marriage easier. No, they, <laughs> they 100% it make it harder. Anybody yeah. that whole idea um, oh. from like talk shows of like, Hey, we had a baby to save the marriage. I'm like, do you have a baby? You have a baby to try to ruin your relationship. Like that's <laughs> what happens. It's, I mean, it is very difficult there is was... a small percentage of people who are like, oh my gosh, he's the father that I always knew he was going to be. And it's so amazing. And I'm like, I'm so happy for you. But that's. And is you're not... a liar.
1: Yeah. You're a total liar. And that's actually the talk show I want to see are the couples that uh, are really upfront about how their
0: children ruin their marriage. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Let's talk yes. about that. It's yes. real, people. It's, it's real. It's very difficult. Yeah, I think you're totally right. We did the origin story thing, too, was really fun because I posted on my Instagram a video that I'd never posted before, but it's a six minute video that I mean, I'm lucky because I work in TV, so yeah. I know photographers. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, Seth, do you want to come and shoot my wedding? <laughs> I will pay you. And um, so Seth, which was the the best part about that is that I had our photographer for Twin Cities Live, who's worked on the show since the beginning. He shot the wedding. Our former executive producer, Christian, had another camera. So I had multiple cameras. Right. And then the thing is it was a three camera shoot. It was great. And (laughs) Seth knows us. So when Seth edited it, you know, he was able to like put together this beautiful representation of, you know, everything that was so important to us. So, we watched we we went out to dinner with the kids on Thursday night on our anniversary night and we watched the video together at the oh. restaurant we you know we just went to our golf club so we were right down the street so we went and watched the video and they just kept being like Frankie was like Daddy is so handsome Mama's oh. so beautiful I mean it was just so sweet but I think you're right reliving that origin story and i remember my parents telling a lot of stories about their wedding right. and actually at our wedding one of my favorite things that we did is that we had the wedding pictures of our parents um framed. i loved that yeah do you remember that where and that was yep. where everyone went to get their little card to tell them where they yep. were sitting or whatever and i had the the pictures framed and had that out there and you know i think that can be complicated obviously for families yeah. if you're if you're Original parents aren't together, but I do think that even then, I don't know. I mean, and everyone has to figure out their own family dynamic. But I think there's something really beautiful. Like even if your parents aren't together and you have that photo, like that is the origin of you, right? And there's beauty in that. I mean, just because that relationship didn't make it doesn't mean that it wasn't worth it,
1: right? Or or wasn't important. And I think I mean that so depends on. The divorce, and I mean, I always, as much as people made fun of uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin when they got divorced and their language, I I just think that should have been really admired. I actually think you and I talked about it. It was either we we talked about at the time. Is why wouldn't you want to be so mindful of caring for the other person on the way out, Mm -hmm. just as you cared for them on the way in? And I think to be able to show. Even if your parents are divorced, pictures of that moment of joy within your own family, I think is cool. I loved that you did that. I loved I thought that was a really nice touch, especially because Jay's mother was not alive. I mean, she had passed. And so um, for her to be there in that sense, I
0: think, is is so sweet. But. It was really, it was really special. So we got, so then we, um, so we tour and we, and we just learn about what's happening to this property. And we were sharing stories of Horst and sharing stories of like what was happening. And, you know, mm-hmm. my grandma has since passed away. And I remember, um, at our wedding Horst, there was this, um, like little arbor kind of a thing, like a metal, right. you know, like a metal arbor and Horst on the day of the wedding was like horrified that there weren't any flowers on that arbor. And I just like hadn't even thought of it. And I, right. you know, I just it's like, so thought beautiful. it was so beautiful. Yeah, I know. Any of these beautiful like wind chimes hanging from them. And so, but he went and he somehow ran into my grandmother and my grandmother like loved gardening and plants right. and all those things. You know, I always joke that she never had any food in her fridge. She only had Chinese herbs. Um, so <laughs> she like, she was like so into it. And they went, and he went into the greenhouse with her, and they got all these flowers and oh. just like, took, you know, metal wire or whatever and attached them all to oh. the arbor so that when I walked underneath, there were all of those flowers. Oh, that's beautiful, and I thought that was really sweet because, you know, my grandmother kind of she had her hands on those flowers. and those were that was where I walked under to go and right. meet Jay. And then Horst was involved, and he was had kind of become like this surrogate grandfather in this really sweet way. And so, it was, um, I just was having flashbacks of all these things. And Jay and I both like break down in tears at the end of the tour. And, um, and it was, I love Jay. Yeah, I know. So do I, he's really fun. Um, we just, we had such a great time and, um, and it was funny because Jay had said, you know, not in like a, he was fine. I mean, he'll, he'll do whatever I, if I'm like, Hey, okay. So I want to go to Osceola and I want to stop there and see the property. I'm going to see if we can get in right? and then we'll drive to Madison and then we're getting all set up. And Jay's like, well, you do realize this is like an hour out of the way. Like it's an hour North and then we're going to have to go South and go over. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not Mm -hmm. like, I realized, and I said, I, yeah, I get that. And I was like, but I think like, I think it's going to be good for us to go. And he's like, okay, great. Let's do it. I think he was just like, are we on track to get to Madison? What are we doing? (laughs) And, um, and then we're driving and he just was like, I, I just, that was, I can't believe that we got to do that. That was the best. That was the best part. And even on our way back from Madison, I was like, what was your favorite part of the weekend? Cause I always ask that question. Like I ask it at dinner, what's your best part of the day? And, and he was like the farm, the farm was the best, like going to the farm. And it was really sweet. And then, you know, we drove to Madison and that was another, that's another place. I was just talking with some parents about this who are sending their, like their kids are a little older. And so they're talking about college and where they're going. And this whole concept of like pushing your kids to get into the best school and the best this. I mean, we've talked about this so much on this yeah. podcast. And there's a new book called called Never Enough, which I'm going to try and track down that author about oh. things like this. But go ahead. It's I don't... just, yeah. You know, it's interesting because I look back at my at my experience of going to college, and I um and I had I had a lot of really freaking smart friends, Marjorie. Like right. I was like the dumb one going to Wisconsin. I mean, <laughs> these guys, it was like, "I'm going to Stanford. I'll be at Dartmouth. I'll be at right. Princeton." I mean, they were. It was like an odd, just collection of very smart people that happened to be in my class at Apple Valley, and. I, but I remember I was talking to people about how I, when I get to Madison, I start to cry. Like the minute I get there, Oh, it's like so funny, but I remember the first day driving in there and I was like, I was 16 and I was with my friend Christina and we were going to, to visit the school for the weekend. And one of our good friends, Micah, his older sister went to school there. And so she was like, come and stay with me. You can stay with me and then you can, you guys can tour the schools. My parents didn't even go to Madison with me to look at the school. Right. And I drove in, we drove in and I was like, I had this overwhelming feeling of this feels like home. Like this feels like home. Oh, that's wonderful. And, And so when I, when I think about that idea of like, it just would never remotely cross my mind to push my children to go to a place based on some sort of status or some sort of like perceived idea about what they'll become if they go there, I want them to get onto a campus and feel like home because those years, if you're going to go to college, whatever you're going to end up doing, they're so pivotal and you develop so much of who you are and you discover who you were and you look at the possibilities of who you're going to be. And you can only do that in a place that really feels like Home, and so I'm always like so grateful for that. And it's so funny because I get there, and I feel the same way. It's like there's just the right amount of weirdness in Madison, which, by the way, is a <laughs> lot of weird. It's so weird. Your hippie and sensibilities then, are all yeah. Heightened. All my hippie sensibilities yeah. like just yeah. light up, and it's like, and there's so much pot smoking. I don't even smoke pot, but I smell so much of it, and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this.
1: <laughs> no, but it's you know, really important. And this idea of, and I think things are are changing in that sense of. Or maybe they're not, which is why this woman wrote the book "Never Enough." I think what's odd is that the the drumbeat of pressure that starts when your kids start high school. It's the conversations, it's the parental pushing, it's the. I mean, I saw all of this, and you'll get this too because I'm I'm guessing your kids are going to probably do some athletics, and you feel you really feel that sense of chatter starts to heighten about "My my kid does this, my kid does this, my kid does this, my kid does this. And it's really hard to resist that idea of using your children as a reflection of your own success. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my, my older son was a swimmer and, you know, pretty good, pretty good. But early on, it was like, but there were lots of people that were better. It's not an Olympian. There are lots of people out there that were way better. And we Mm -hmm. would have so many conversations when he would either succeed or he would fail, which in swimming is every week is a new day for succeeding or failing because it's all time-based. So you know just where you land within one 100th of a second.
0: Only as good as your last race, huh? Yeah.
1: And I I said to him always, there are two people I can be in this. We've talked about this in the podcast. I could be the person that keeps your times, is really on you, or this is just really your solo journey. And you're just gonna have to self-motivate. You're gonna have to do everything yourself because I'm not a good middle way person. I'm gonna either be the extreme sport mom or I'm just gonna be the woman that loves you and is just gonna scream your name the loudest. And it was really, and he chose the, just scream the loudest and be the person that loves me. But I think we've had so many conversations about, could we have pushed him harder? Could it have been done differently? But mostly all along the way in his sadnesses for the failures or the, the, the marks that he wasn't able to push his body to achieve, it was all about, I kept saying to him, swimming is not about swimming. It's about forming the man that you're going to become. And the same is true for any college you go to. It's not about, oh, you got into Harvard. Yeah. How many kids get into Harvard and then drink too much, smoke too much? or just become way too arrogant, whatever. Or they become fantastic, who knows? But it's got to always be about who you're going to become, not about where you are. And I think Mm -hmm. that's when we push our kids so hard. Are we really paying attention to the person that they're supposed to become? Are we really listening to that? And so it's so beautiful that your parents just allowed you to, you went to Madison, you found home. What better way to spend four years than at home? Oh, as opposed to feeling
0: out of place, or yeah, or so like that's... I was trying to live up to some sort of expectation, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I feel like really fortunate that I sort of fell into that, but I also, I also give myself credit for listening to that Exactly. voice, that still small voice, and that's something that is a practice, and that's something I think I I have always done, which has been important. But as Jay and I were in Madison, and as we were talking a lot about this, because you know, as I as I said at the beginning, it's like this opportunity at these milestones to look back at where you've come from My. and to look ahead. So we were, we My. were kind of talking like, what are things going to be like at our 20th? Like and Jay's oh. just like, Jay immediately is like, starts sweating. And he's like, the next 10 years are going to go even faster than <laughs> these 10 years. You know? He's so right. Funny. He is right. We were like timing out. Okay. We had kids so late, so we're not going to be empty nesters until we're 105, but, right. no, but Bernie in the next 10 years Will be. Oh my God, she'll be on college. Yeah, I mean, she'll be on her way to whatever her next adventure is, and and then it'll be kind of figuring that out. And we even were talking about like, what do you feel like we're missing out on right now that we could put more intention on? I mean, it was just all these really good intentional conversations. And so I think the point is, if you can swing, getting some time away with your spouse. That is just you too. I mean, we ended up seeing some friends on Saturday night, but prior to that, it was just the two of us just kind of like doing whatever we wanted to do. I mean, we went down to the terrace and had a pitcher of beer for two hours. Like we just did. And And just like having these conversations. And I think sometimes, well, not sometimes, all the time in the hustle and bustle of you know, you have 85 things to do in any given day and you're trying to split the load and not build up resentment blah, blah, blah. And all this stuff. I mean, you, you miss out on having those intentional conversations and, um, and it was so lovely to do so. And especially if it's in a place that means something to you. I don't know. It was good. It was a really good little refreshing weekend. I came back really refreshed that's i really, also learned that wisconsin wonderful. does not have as good of craft beer as the state of minnesota so that was something <laughs> i tried a few and i was like what in god's green that is earth surprising are you all serving over here this and
1: they is- may be fighting words for wisconsinites that you say something like that okay but real quickly because yeah. we're going to wrap this up oh, okay. i need to know your predictions in 10 years
0: what is franklin gonna be i feel oh my gosh. i'm
1: feeling rock band i'm feeling some, some sort, sort of band
0: some sort of firecracker. He is a fire freaking cracker.
1: <laughs>
0: Love And that. he was born on the fourth of July, which is perfect. That's fabulous. And Heathcliff will just be like dodoing around. We call him oh, dodo. And, sweet um, dodo. And we'll still be doing this podcast, don't you think? Ten years, Elizabeth. That means I will be doing this podcast when I'm seventy. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what you're like at seventy. Because 70, the wheels are really going to come off. You're not going to give a flying F. (laughs) You're
1: exactly right. Oh, my God. Okay. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe
0: wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram at Uh. Best to the Nest. We are the podcast that brings you home. (laughs)